welcome to episode three of Cavewoman Debugging. My name is Laura, and this is a podcast about iOS developer tips and tricks. This week, we will be covering Xcode plugins. Are they useful? Good. Which ones do we use? How do you install them? And uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to mention that uh, my company, Little Potato Software, has a new version of Baby Proof. The Mac app in the Mac App Store. It's a app that lets you lock your screen while still being able to see what's on your screen. So for example, if you've got video chat or a movie that you want your kids to be watching but you don't want them banging on the keyboard and stopping it and rewinding, you can run Baby Proof and it lets you run full screen apps at the same time but locks out the keyboard and the mouse. So we have a new version out there today. It just got approved. It took a little bit under a week to get it approved at the Mac App Store, and it adds the ability for you to have a different sort of password or word to unlock the screen but not exit out of BabyProof so that you could quickly get back into BabyProof if you needed to. So if you're in the market for something like that, check it out. It's a dollar in the Mac App Store. So Xcode plugins. I have to say that for a long time there weren't really Xcode plugins, and it doesn't there aren't an easy way to to write them. Apple hasn't made a public API super accessible for people to write Xcode plugins, but that hasn't stopped people. And I've noticed, especially recently, that the availability of them has really skyrocketed such that they're, they do a lot of things and they are much more stable than they used to be. I think patching Xcode or putting plugins used to be kind of a little bit of tricky business because Xcode itself wasn't all that stable. And we saw a little bit of that when they added Swift and things started crashing a lot over the summer, but it's certainly gotten a lot better. And now you can be a lot more productive by using some of these plugins. I have never tried writing a plugin myself for Xcode. Um, I compare it to something like Sketch, where I actually did try to write a, a plugin for Sketch, the drawing tool, and it, they're super easy. It's, they have a sort of a scripting version of Objective-C, and it's all very nice and handy. So um, writing an Xcode plugin I think is a bit more work um, and certainly you could find some on GitHub if you wanted to take a look at how it's done. But I mainly just looked at them from the point of view of using them. So you basically, to install a plugin, there's just a special directory where you put the plugin. It's uh, in your library directory, application support, developer, shared, Xcode, plugins. It's kind of buried and I always forgetting where they are, so I'm glad to have this in my show notes. Now I can look it up later when I remember, wait, where did those go? You also, sometimes when I've in, installed them from source code, they, the uh, part of the install build step is it just puts it there, so and you don't have to worry about it too much, but it's good to know where they are, and I'll come back to that later, why you would want to know that. So, in general, after you put a plug-in in that folder, I would recommend just restarting Xcode, just so it gets a nice clean version of what plugins you have installed. So, let me talk about the ones that I like to use and um, then give you pointers on how to find even more. So the one that I depend on the absolute most is XVim. I'm a huge BI user. I have been um, ever since I was logging into computers where Emacs or VI were, was a choice. Um, I was Emacs maybe for the first month, two months of college, and then learned VI and never looked back. So being able to edit my source code in Xcode with uh, Vim, basically VI, is amazing and very, very cool. I have to say it doesn't have 
everything that Vim has, and every once in a while I just drop down to an actual Vim window and terminal, and especially doing some of the more complicated um, regular expressions, searching and replacing, things like that, and you might not be able to do absolutely everything, but you can do mostly everything, and you can also do, you know, cursor arrow key based movements too, so you sort of get the best of both worlds, I think. So if you are a VI person, I highly recommend XVim. And then the next one I'd like to use is called Color Sense, and it basically takes any UI color references in your code and shows you a little swatch of that color and then lets you click on that swatch and bring up a color picker so you can actually change the color right there in the code and see what it looks like without having to edit um, the RGB values yourself. So that's very handy. It's nice to see those colors show up. Um, the next one is Clang Format. So this is basically a code formatter. It uses the Clang, which is a, the compiler, so it knows it knows the structure of your code. And you can have you can give it a rule file, which basically tells it, all right, this is how many indents I want. This is what where I want to wrap the lines. This is how I want my if statements formatted. Whatever whatever rules you like. It's got a few built-in sets, but if you are picky about this sort of thing then you would want to create your own rules file and I think you have to have one at the um, the root of every project that you have. Um, and you just run it, you can format a selection, the current file, it's great. So if you're taking code from other places and you want to make it look like your coding style or some of the default code that comes in Apple's templates, I know I like it arranged a certain way. Clang format is very handy for just cleaning that up. Um, I've got this thing where I'd like to have all my lines be no longer than 80 characters, or at least I try, which is kind of a throwback to back when terminals were only 80 characters wide, but still I like it because it just forces me to not let my code get too huge and too long, and client format can be really helpful with this because sometimes I get a little lazy and I'm like, I don't feel like wrapping all these lines, and it'll do it for me, and it does it nicer, nicer than I probably do it myself, so um, client format, very handy, and this is a new one relatively speaking for me, but I find I'm using it all the time now, which is VV Documenter, which lets you easily add header doc style comments to um, your functions or methods or wherever. Just type three slashes and it immediately changes that to be a little comment header block so that the comments you add there are in the header doc format so the Xcode can show them to you. I find that Xcode's showing you your own comments as greatly improved in the last few versions of Xcode, so I highly recommend if you're going to put comments into your code anyway, especially if you're commenting functions and methods, that um, doesn't hurt a couple extra characters to throw in some header dot comments, and then you've got a way to see them pop up later if you're browsing your code. So I really like that one. Um, if you are looking, let's see, some a couple other newer ones that I haven't used quite as much, but I think can be could be helpful as there's one that lets you the KS image named, which basically does code completion for image names, so it helps prevent the problem of typing in, making a typo when you're typing in the name of an image, like for an NS image name to call. And quick localization, which takes a string literal and changes it into a call to NS localized string with that same value. So I, I'm slowly starting to move my code all over to have NS localized string. I'm definitely not there yet, but I'm working on it. And something like this is really handy if you have a whole bunch of strings which you hadn't converted yet, just with a quick keyboard shortcut to convert them over. If you want even more, there's a package called Alcatraz. Well, not a package, a plugin called Alcatraz, 
which, when installed in Xcode, lets you browse this whole list of plugins and then with one click install them. So it's got little screenshots, little descriptions of the of the plugins. So that's a really great way to find some new stuff and see what's out there. And there's even one that lets you browse CocoaPods. So it's like even more, opening up even more world of getting access to more stuff into your code. Although I think I still prefer editing the, co the uh, pod file myself. Right now I haven't gone down that road. Just I like to know what's getting added to my projects when it happens. Um, if you want to even hear about more more plugins, there's a really nice on an nshipster.com if you're familiar with that site. Um, there's a great article from last year called about Xcode plugins written by Matt Thompson. And he mentions most of the ones I think that I mentioned here plus a bunch of additional ones, so I might actually start checking some of those out as well. Again, you want to, I think, always be a little bit careful about not throwing too much at Xcode. If it starts crashing a lot on you, you might want to back off, but in general with this set, set I've been pretty happy. Um, one gotcha with XVim, sometimes when I was compiling it myself, you have to be careful that you're compiling it for a release build, not a debug build. Um, your editing can get super slow if you're not careful about that. But on the plus side, if you know there's something you don't like about it, you could also go in and edit it. So it's and they they're really good about keeping that one and pretty up to date and fixing fixing bugs. One last note about um, plugins is every time Apple releases a new version of Xcode, all your plugins stop working. It's kind of like Warcraft, and if anybody ever played World of Warcraft, every time you they've released a new version, all your mods would stop working. So same kind of idea but basically it's it's pretty easy to fix if you're in a hurry if you know if you have time and you can wait for the developer to update it that's great but basically it's just there's a U UUID that um, comes with every version of Xcode and I, in my show notes I have the command you can run at the terminal to get a copy of that and then you just have to take that UUID and add it to a list of UUIDs in the info.plist file for the plugin you do that, the plugin will start working again. Now you have to be a little bit careful about this because the reason why Apple changes this is that they could have changed the compatibility with that particular plugin with Xcode. So it's your, you know, it's a, be careful with it. It's not necessarily a given, but usually, especially lately, they've been rolling out new versions of Xcode rather quickly, and I don't think there are huge changes. But again, since it isn't a documented interface for these plugins, um, you can get bitten if it changes too much. So that is the world of Xcode plugins. I hope you try them. I think they can be really useful, really increase your productivity, and um, check them out. And if for my notes on culture and stuff that isn't coding, right now what games am I playing? Uh, I have to say, saw a link on Daring Fireball to an app for an ad for the Rock On app, and have gotten a little bit hooked. Got my husband hooked on it too. Um, so that's a lot of fun if you like identifying songs. And then I was susceptible to their in-app uh, ads and tried out Song Pop as well, just starting that. So that's that's fun. You know, you can just do a little bit here and there. Uh, in terms of books, I finished the first Terry Pratchett. I'm on to the second one, The Light Fantastic. Enjoyed, really enjoyed the first one. Um, I also read a book by Charles Todd in the Bess Crawford series. She's a Nurse Detective set in World War One. I. I have something for English in set in England and France, and uh, I really like those sort of period dramas, period mysteries with the woman detective. So 
highly recommend the Best Crawford series by Charles Todd. And last, for music, I haven't been listening to a lot of pop stuff, but um, one nice piece I've been playing a lot is uh, the Dvorak Piano Quintet Number no. 1 in A, especially the first movement. If you're into some classical, I recommend you check it out. So thanks. This was episode three of Cave Woman Debugging. I'm Laura. Uh, any comments and questions, contact me, cavewoman at littlepotatosoftware.com, or leave comments or ratings in the iTunes store. That would be great. Thanks, and I will talk to you soon.